Welcome to our podcast, Parenting by the Pint. Enjoy the show! Greetings, Minivan Mafia! Lauren and I are longtime friends from Chicagoland that love getting together to chat about life, kids, family, and beer. Each week, we'll feature a brewery and sample at least two of their beers. We'll also discuss a variety of topics ranging from parenting, pop culture, travel, marriage, and just about anything else that comes to mind. Welcome back, everybody. Here we are again. Once again. Drinking some more beers. Yep chatting enjoying our evening so we're going to again go across the pond and continue our international import uh review we're drinking on decks and i preface this with i am not german i do not speak german there are probably words that i will get wrong so Uh, yeah we're gonna do our best (laughs) like reading the bottle before recording and both of us were just like yeah we're not gonna say any of this yeah no i'm not gonna tell you anything cluster browery on decks we're gonna stick with it's just on decks on decks is fine we're gonna go with that uh and we're drinking their on desher hell i'm gonna assume Mm -hmm. that i just said that right yeah sure we'll go with it so lager. It's a Hell's Lager, yeah. In classic German beer style, the ingredients listed <laughs> were, what were they again, Lord? Water, malt, hops. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Classic That's all we got. Germans. <laughs> yep. The, and, you know, classic <laughs> is good. Simple is good. Yeah, no, this is, I've actually prefaced this also with, I've never had this before. Me neither. As I said in my previous episode. Ooh. Yeah, let's take a moment before I finish that sentence. Uh, Sorry. This is refreshing. It's this very is refreshing. Good. This is, uh, I mean, it's it's got a different flavor with it than a normal Hell's. It's because we don't drink beer that's got a malty flavor mm, ever. Mm-hmm. Like, almost ever. What, who do we drink recently? Was it Art History? Uh, that yes, has a yes, lot yes, of yes. like German inspired yep, yep. beer, mm-hmm. and that was a very pleasant detour. Didn't they have yeah. like a an IPA? I think was yeah, that. Yeah, I don't it? remember. I'd have to go back. That was but, totally yeah, was different than totally all these different. IPAs yeah. we've been drinking lately, and this is very similar to that in the sense that we just have not had this beer style. No, in yeah, I mean it's forever. a lager, and that's that's what they make. Um, but it's got a very refreshing taste to it it's got a really good flavor it's i could drink a liter of this yeah <laughs> in a giant right? mug liter of cola um this is yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is really good i'm i'm just yeah maybe it's because it's something that i'm not used to drinking much of that i, I honestly haven't uh lately but this is a really good flavor i am actually thoroughly enjoying this yeah so. this Ooh. is really good a great way to start hmm. uh our episode yeah. while talking about Possibly the oldest brewery that we featured. Yes, I think it probably is the oldest that we've featured so far. I can only, my only guess would be, I don't know how old. No, I can't imagine Heineken is older than this brewery 
I can't imagine that. No, I don't believe. And I know they we drank are. Heineken and Dutch Heineken on an episode. Yes, obviously we did. none of the Americans are going to be this old. It was the 1800s as a Heineken, but it's not okay. nearly not as old even as this. close. Yeah, and even the last brewery we did from Belgium um, was, was 1800s as well. So this is the oldest. This is the oldest brewery we have featured for sure. Wow. So, and if you'll see, if you ever do get it um, on the bottle, I believe it says it was established in 1455. Yeah. So, yeah. And so, you know, we hadn't yet started our murderous rampage of North America. If you guys are looking back at history, Uh, we're kind of not there yet. No. Yeah. 1455, (laughs) just outside of Munich is where they are. Um, Yeah. I'm really really liking this beer. I'm going to have another sip and then we'll talk more about Ondex. Yeah. Share some stuff about Ondex and I'm going to sip on this as well. Very drinkable. Very, very drinkable. Very drinkable. This is really good. This is really good. Uh, Yeah. So Ondex 1455 is when um, essentially they have the, the first record i guess of them um realistically they've been brewing beer in that spot for much longer so pilgrims Ugh, would come wow. to um the monastery there um hundreds of years before this and it's at the base of um the holy mountain of Andex, which is why it's Andex. so okay um you know, religious pilgrims would come and they would, you know, give hospitality in the form of beverages and whatnot. Okay. So it, it may have, they may have brewed beer prior to that, but technically this Ondex brewery has been there since 1455. So this is one of the last monastery breweries still managed by an active religious order. There's only a handful, um, but this is, this is one of them. So That's it's so the cool. Benedictines of St. Boniface Abbey, um, you know, they, the monks there actually use the finances they get, the revenue they get from the brewery to help their causes. So it helps them to help for the local homeless population. And they don't actually use church tax funds. They use the money they get from wow. brewing beer. And they also have um, a distillery. They distill schnapps. They make cheese. And they have a bakery there as well. So they... Sounds awesome. Yeah. I think they Sounds also like... have a butcher on site. So like all the things. They have all the things Sounds right like there. Sounds like a really fun place to hang out. I, I mean, kind of. <laughs> like... Yeah, so kind of interesting. Should I be a monk? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. I mean, okay, n- just because of the beer and the cheese and the the bread is not not. That's not enough. There's not a enough. lot more to yeah, it. There's than a that, lot isn't more there? to to the monks. Yeah. Okay, um, fair. There actually was a document from prior to when they were established. It was from 1438 that showed that the Ondex Tavern at the monastery was granted tax-exempt status Yes, back in the early 1400s. Um, In 1458, the Duke granted the monastery uh, the right to retain the alcoholic beverage tax for monastery purposes, Uh. which normally would be paid to the government. So that was a big deal. You know, they got to keep that. That was awesome. Um, That was in 1458. Like, that was right after they technically were established. For a while now. Yeah. So um, there's not a lot known about uh, the beer business in general, particularly on decks between when they started in 1455 to 1803. In the Munich archives, there's literally only three references to beer in all of the documents that are currently saved. Wow. So we really don't know much other than it's been happening. They've been brewing for a very long time. And cool. um, the tax-exempt status is most of all that is documented. So, nice. Um, 
you know, I've read not just about about this one, but just in general, you know, back then the, you know, the right to brew beer was just kind of something that was assumed. So there wasn't documentation. There wasn't any of that. It was just like, this is what you do. So there wasn't anything to document. It's just a normal practice. So they didn't have to get their labels approved? (laughs) Yeah. No, not so much. (laughs) That's a modern day thing. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, But yeah, so they did. um, So in 1803, the the original monastery actually was dissolved and the land was sold. So they did have a period potentially um, that may not have been operating continuously or, or maybe they were still brewing beer. It sounds like the monks were still brewing beer, but maybe it just wasn't official. Um, in 18, and a few years later, King Ludwig, who was the king back then, I guess, purchased the whole complex, including the remaining beer inventory that was there in 1803 when the place was mm. uh, when it was dissolved, and that's when it actually established mm. the Saint Boniface Benedictine Abbey that it currently is. Okay. So I'm not sure what it was referenced to prior to that, um, but that was in the early 1800s. So that inventory eventually ran out. Uh, new beer had to be brewed. Um, so there's been a monk as the head brewer forever. Mm-hmm. So a monk is the head brewer that then a new head monk will take over once that brewer dies. So there's not like a, <laughs> like they may have be an assistant brewer for a while, but they don't take on that title until the previous monk actually passes Holy away. Holy cow, it's so like the it's, Supreme Court, you yeah. guys. <laughs> so it's, uh, they're only, they only name a new official head brewer when the previous one passes away. So, Ugh, uh, yeah. What, what a cool <laughs> job. So super. I want to have my job until I die. No, I don't. No, I don't. No, not even kind of. So interesting. I'll take that back. Um, that, I have a lot of regrets from the first 10 minutes of this episode already, I think. Uh, um, so nope. they've been operating for a long time. Uh, some of the history of it, you know, in 1871, they converted to steam power. So they were just, <laughs> you know, prior to that, they didn't have that in 1929 they converted to copper kettles before that it was iron um i don't think that makes beer taste good right so very interesting they you know they increased production year over year um they wound up building new malt houses new storage um in 1920 they started transporting barrels by rail um, they put in a bottling plant on site. They still bottle everything on site. Their original bottling plant, bottling plant started in 1955. Um, and then they essentially did a whole new brew house, fermentation, storage, everything in 1984. So it's a huge complex now. Wow. More, brand new, brand new in the 80s. But they've continued modernization through, I mean, uh, even through, I think, 2016, they did uh, another um, improvement to their, their bottling facility. So they've been continuously upgrading and keeping up with modern times um, and, and all of those things. So they've been doing this for hundreds of years, and they've been wow. keeping up. And they currently, I think they said they produce about 85,000 U.S. barrels. They don't use the same metrics, but the equivalent of eighty-five thousand U.S. barrels a year. Um, their um, their Dunkel is one that I believe they produce all year round. Some of okay. them are seasonal, but that one they actually make all year. Um, so they still, if you go there to visit, they still have mass uh, on Saturdays and Wednesdays and three services on Sunday. So they're still a working actual monastery that you wow. can go and attend church at um, and buy cheese and bread and beer. So oh. <laughs> I would like to yet again 
point out that I was in Munich <laughs> and did not go to this place. Yeah. This but I will say this time I was probably like 16. I 16 was, is a legal, legal drinking age. Yeah, in no, <laughs> I was definitely allowed to drink. I yes. know that for a yes. fact because we were there. Please don't be mad at me, you guys. We were there for during Oktoberfest, oh. and we went to um, the Hofbrau House. Oh, yeah. During mm-hmm. Oktoberfest, makes sense. And yeah. I believe some member of my family mm-hmm. bought me a like half liter oh. of beer. Not this brewery, not this, beer, but Hofbrau House beer. Yeah, but um. Hmm. But I did not appreciate it because I was 16 and didn't drink true, beer. True. And even if I did drink beer at 16, it I probably, probably wouldn't still have wouldn't have liked this. it. Yeah. Uh, no, that's that's probably so, true. Yeah. Yeah. I would absolutely love to go back. You know, we talked about that lottery episode. Mm, and what we would do, yeah. What we would do. This should be on the I list. I would totally do some brewery tours of Europe. I will do that anyway, you guys. We should do that anyways. Yeah. Like, that's not even if we win the lotto. That's just a, that's like, like, like a long-term fundraising goal for yeah, me. Yeah, no, I like Like, it. I want... I'm in. ...to go on a brewery tour of Belgium and a brewery tour of Germany, for sure. Yeah. Like, pretty mm-hmm. much for sure. And, and visit some of these... And so this brewery started in 1455. It's still not one of the top 10 oldest breweries in the world, though. So, like, there's ones that have been from, like, you know, 10, 13 oh or something. Goodness. I mean, there's there's older. I love um, it. So it's it's super I interesting. I want to visit those places. Right? We got, we got to make a list. We'll have to see what we can get here. So they didn't actually start exporting some of Ondek's specialty beers to the U.S. until, like, 2013. Oh, so okay. So you might have been able to get, like, maybe the Dunkel, but they didn't start exporting to here until within the last you know decade realistically so that's um, very interesting yeah so we should we should definitely see see what we can get but yeah it was super interesting to to take a look at you know i don't know how many monast uh monasteries still you know run um breweries i know there aren't nearly as many as there were back Mm. you know that's when they kind of started um but that's definitely something that's very unique uh, you know, yeah. we, we talk about breweries that are now housed in churches in the U.S., but not run by any but sort of religious order. <laughs> so very different. So then ones we've, uh, you know, beer church is, is in a church, but it's not actually well, run by them. Well, and I don't them. know <laughs> if we've had anyone's origin story be that they were a monk. Yeah, and they were brewing beer, and, and they're ha- yeah, they're the all their head brewers even still. Um, you know, they started getting more and more people in modern, uh, you know, modern centuries, in that were not um, a part of the religious order, but not the people that are actually brewing the beer and, and running the operation. So obviously, there's marketing and different. Yeah, types I was going to say, I'm sure that, that there are. Like, yes, the accountant isn't yeah, a monk. They, they, but. but even up when they first started, every position was part of the religious order because that's who was there and you sounds know, like my dad's business <laughs> right? all part it's all of a cult i was very uh. recently asked by a friend of ours from elementary school okay. actually uh if my father had gone to college for graphic design no and i was just like i don't think that they had that in the 60s. i don't think so either yeah. i mean like my grandfather my grandfather mm-hmm. drew the 
parts, the machinery parts mm-hmm. for a company that sold machinery parts oh, okay. for their catalog. Sort yeah. of like the we company still do that. that you, and, and honestly, <laughs> yeah. I will tell you the name of the company after mm-hmm. this, and you can tell me if perhaps yeah. they eventually got absorbed into your yeah, company. Yeah. It's a very good possibility. Mm-hmm. But he worked for a company where he actually drew the yeah. pictures for the catalog okay. of like exploded view yeah. machine parts and things like that. And I was thinking about it when this friend asked me if my father went to college for graphic design. And it's funny because my father's history with jobs is always, he's just like a, he's just had many, many jobs oh, over the yeah. years. <laughs> and, and sign making was certainly not the first job. <laughs> no. And, I assume it will be his last, but one would, uh, <laughs> one would assume. Yeah, I would I'll, never uh, make assumptions about my father. You can do whatever he <laughs> sets really, his mind I mean, to. Frankly, he might have other jobs you don't even know about. So. I don't like to think uh, about anyways, that, but I right, think you're totally on, right. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> however, she was very surprised to hear that nobody in my family yeah. has graphic design education. Hmm. That's true. Yeah. And it is true. My brother did not go to school for any sort of design field or artistic field at all. He was an economics major. Yeah. I was a political science major, but I wasn't originally planning to work Mm. for my father. So do I think if I had always planned on working for him that maybe I would have have studied design? I think it's possible. Sure. I think I would have gone that route over going like the route of of like finance or something. Mm-hmm. Um, only because I think that I would have seen design as more of like more applicable on the day to day basis. That's fair. Whereas hypothetically, I could hire somebody to yeah, do the to accounting. Do the f- yeah, that's definitely true. Anyway, but yeah, I thought that was very interesting that she was like, "Oh, so are you all like graphic designers?" Nope. And I was just like, "No, none of us. <laughs> yeah, none are. of us actually are. We just kind of fell into this. Yeah, yeah like the monks. <laughs> yeah, they just needed to continue brewing the beer, and uh, you know, they. I think it really was just they needed to. Pilgrims were coming, and they needed something to to give them. So yeah. they made beer back then that was just what you did and you fermented some it. stuff and then they ran out of beer and they had to keep making beer so just yes did. and that's that's it i'm, I'm sure grateful that, to them for yes, this me as well i'm 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 rather sure that most people that go into the religious order to be a monk uh, i know a monk personally um would not assume that they would be brewing beer as part of that yeah which is funny because i'm gonna be honest i think that's my first reaction Mm. to somebody (laughs) being a monk is do you brew beer because i'm you know like a beer snob (laughs) fair but i would also say the monk i know is from the u.s so it's not the same sure we don't absolutely we don't have that here but definitely would be interesting i should ask him if he's ever been to one of the monasteries where they brew beer actually He's yes. traveled the world. So I love that. You should I ask. I think I might actually email him and ask him. I love um, that. You should. So, definitely. Yeah. yeah. All right. Definitely. So, so monks and beer. That's where, that's where we're at tonight. Yeah. Right. Cheers. Let's have another sip of this. Howl. I, I'm, uh, I'm liking this. This is, this is tasty. Mm. Hmm. Yes. That they, was They make a lager. Delicious. They 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 know they've had what they're a lot doing of there. time to practice, yes. and they've gotten really good at it. They you guys. definitely have. They've uh, they've perfected the loggers at least thus far. Well, yeah, if you yeah. have an import section in your liquor store, mm-hmm. I strongly recommend you stroll around for a minute. Good luck finding it. 
Yeah, because we don't, don't understand how the liquor stores actually I was just organize like, this. Is this like chronological? What are we doing? I have no idea. I'm super intrigued. But I anyways, have no idea. Try and figure it out and let us know and uh, give them give them a look for sure. Yeah. All right. Totally. So let's talk about family. Yeah. I mean, I know we sort of always talk about family, but we're going to talk about True. family in a totally different light mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. today, and I think that's good. I um so we're gonna talk about the family you are born with, the family that you choose, the mm-hmm. family that comes to you. Yeah. All in whatever kinds of ways. different ways. I yeah. kind of broke it down into a couple of different categories. Okay. Obviously, my first thought was, okay, well, what about my actual family? Yeah. How do I feel? What's the connection? That's kind of what I think me and Lauren are gonna talk about is what kind of connections do we have with these different what you would call like family members? Mm-hmm. And some people who you consider family aren't actually blood relatives. Yeah. Um, or I, the I people would that you to say that none of my family are. Blood yes, relatives. I was actually just about to qualify my <laughs> statement and say, or the people who raised you. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> blood relatives is a very specific term, and I did not realize it. No, but I mean, most people wouldn't. No, so you're right. I'm you're probably right. the small, the the minority. Uh, I think of that's that, so. true. Yeah. But I think that. So that family environment, mm-hmm. the people you grew up with, the people that you have that connection with, the people that yes. lived in your home with you, mm-hmm. because even even people who have blood relatives, mm-hmm. those individuals who you who lived in your home may or not may not have been the people who raised you, also or may true. or may not yeah. have been the people, yeah, yeah, yeah. or maybe people who lived in your home were not blood relatives, but your parents were, or yeah. you know, there's all to- kinds of. Friends or cousins or the grandmother lives with you or whatever combination of family. For me, Mm -hmm. my actual family growing up were my parents and my brother. My Mm -hmm. brother is much older than me. Many, 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 many years older than me. Many, many, many. Almost seven years older than me. Um, I don't know how most 40-year-olds feel about their immediate family. (laughs) But I'm very, very close with mine. Mm-hmm. I often believe that I am the exception and not the rule. I think that a lot of people have some connection to their mm-hmm. immediate family, and sometimes that's a close connection. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually work with my immediate you family. You see your immediate I family sp- much more than I would guess the average I family I spend does. a lot of face-to-face time yes, with my family. Yes. There are multiple days during the week mm-hmm. that I eat lunch with my mother, father, and brother. Right. Yeah. That I don't think most people can I, say. <laughs> and it's funny because I realize it every now and then when mm. we are eating lunch together and I just like... I don't know. I don't know what the what the feeling is, <laughs> but I'm just sort of like, this is so weird. I love it, but it's kind of weird. It's definitely unique. It's not. Most people don't work with their no. all. Like, no, no, no. Yeah. Their family, or at yeah. least spend this much time yes. with their yes. family. Yes, which, for sure. which is obviously because we all work together for the most part. Um, but yeah, you know, yeah, I'm very close. I do think that. It influences all of my other what I would call familial relationships mm. that I have, because <laughs> a lot of the other categories that I'm going to mention are are people that at times I hold to the same standard as my immediate family, mm. and sometimes 
that kind of burns me a little bit because I don't realize what I'm supposed yeah. to expect from people. That's super interesting that you say that because I think as I think about not necessarily my family, but of close friends that I consider we'll get into it, but like kind of like family, a lot of those people are actually not as close with their immediate families. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's a, you know, grabbing on to other people because they're not necessarily as close with their parents or their siblings. Um, and I, I right. didn't really think about that until you, you talked about it. You know, um, I referenced just shortly ago that, you know, um, for me, nobody is a blood relative to my knowledge. Um, I'm adopted. My brother is adopted. Mm-hmm. So my parents are not my biological parents, but they are who raised me since birth. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and my brother came to us. He's three years younger than us, but from, you know, oh, well, he was a few days old um, as well. So our entire life of memories and anything like that has always just been my parents and my brother um so i we are also very close which is kind of unique in the fact that um you know you're saying you feel like you're a little bit more of the the exception to the rule and you are in terms of how much time you spend with your family but um we are also very close at least with my parents my brother lives in the city and then he travels monday through friday to a different state so we mm-hmm. don't see him nearly as often okay um my mom still talks to him all the time and you know i don't talk to him nearly as much because he's when he's traveling like he's working all the time and then when he's home you know he's trying to do things with the people that he he sees down there he lives with his girlfriend um and you know kind of reconnect but we're definitely still very close like i would not say that me and my brother aren't close we are we just don't aren't geographically close anymore yeah um but my parents I see my father six days a week because he helps with my kids. I mm-hmm. see my mother probably three days a week, um, you know, which I do think is unique from a lot of my other friends that don't work with their parents or yeah. whatnot. We we definitely, we eat dinner together at least a couple of times a week and we see them often. Sure. Um, so like when my parents go a day or two without seeing my kids, they like go through withdrawal because they're used to seeing them right. on a very regular basis. Right. So we are, we are very, very close. And it's, you know, super interesting, the fact that we are adopted, but, you know, that nature versus nurture thing, like, we are very similar to our parents. Oh, sure. Very. Um, You know, we've picked up their personalities over the years, and I'm very much like my father in a lot of ways. Um, But it's, you know, we're we're a very close-knit family. Um, My husband isn't, I wouldn't say, nearly as close with his mother. Um they're you know they love each other they're fine but they don't talk that often you know Mm. they went one year not talking for six months and i had to be like call your mother like you you and they're both incredibly stubborn so like if one doesn't call then the other will just not call yeah and i'm like no what you just need you just need to call call. it's not and so they're much better now and i think they're a lot better because we have kids too and that that's her only grandkids as are because my husband's an only child so like part of that is the family they want to see each other but they're definitely not nearly we don't see them sometimes we don't see them once a month like we don't see them nearly as often as as my parents i would say the same Mm -hmm. about my husband's family and and from both sides from Mm -hmm. like my husband's relationship with his family Mm -hmm. and as sort of a byproduct probably of that my or my family's relationship Mm -hmm. with my husband's family kind of dictated by like 
you are close with your family. So your kids are going to be close. Like, yes, you know, and it kind of works with which parent. Well, (laughs) and there was a, without going into too much, what I would call um, drama, I will say that there was a period of time where I made what I would call a great deal of effort Mm -hmm. to increase the amount of time my kids spent with my in-laws, with my husband's parents. Mm -hmm. And even my husband has one sister, Mm -hmm. even her family sure. she has two boys who are kind of like staggered the same distance as my two oh, okay yeah so they're like both a year younger than my two kids or something okay, so like they're that. so close yeah. yeah yeah so they're very very similar in yes. ages and there was a time mm-hmm. where i felt like i made a great deal of effort mm. to spend regular amount of time with mm-hmm. them and it it just wasn't as productive as I kind of thought it should be. And part of that is, like I said, my expectations of my immediate family probably cloud my opinion in this way. I, I completely understand that. (laughs) I, we are so used to our parents, uh, both you and I having a certain level of whatever, and not everyone does that. (laughs) correct for example Mm -hmm. my eight-year-old had a kid's birthday party Mm -hmm. yesterday yesterday of the day we are recording this episode so not yesterday of the day it is released Mm -hmm. but just this last weekend Mm -hmm. and my in-laws are out of town Mm -hmm. if i had invited his grandparents my husband's parents Mm -hmm. to this birthday party mm-hmm. and they live two and two and a half hours away let's say yeah. um there's no way they yeah. would have come no uh like oh, like no way yeah and, and and not because like i don't you know like them or they don't like me or they don't like my kid none of those things no it's not but they bad. just wouldn't have made the effort they would have just been like nah We'll make plans for his birthday. You know, we'll come early in the day and we'll spend some time with him or we'll see him on the next day or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, My parents, on the other hand, Mm -hmm. I didn't even give them an invitation. They (laughs) were just like, what time is the party? Where is it? Yeah, we'll be there. My mother made goodie bags for the party. Which which, (laughs) uh, was stressful because we had a lot of late additions to the party, but also because... As you and I have mentioned many times before, our mothers are those kinds of people, and we are not mm-hmm. those. Like my, I don't buy like Easter presents nope, for nope. my children, but my our parents, our mothers do. Yes, and yes. I don't make goodie bags nope. for a birthday party, Mm-mm. but I got cupcakes. Yeah, but my mother definitely mm-hmm. makes goodie bags. <laughs> so this was like a you know she was coming to the party because yes. she was bringing the goodie bags. Yes, this is true. So so that was you know. And that is an example of um, our relationship with my in-laws, my marriage family, which is kind of what I call them. Mm-hmm. Um, not that they're their faces, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and I do have a good relationship with my in-laws. I do. Yeah. They like me, I think. <laughs> yeah. I like them. Yeah. We get along well. Mm-hmm. We do see each other for christmas i would say holidays but that's not really accurate because we don't see them for thanksgiving or easter so it's just really just christmas um and the kids birthdays is kind of a toss-up okay if we have some type of family gathering Mm -hmm. for the birthday 
they will join us. Okay. And they have. Yeah. Um, but if we do just like a kid's More party. More of a kid party, yeah. My in-laws probably won't come. Mm-hmm. They don't make a ton of effort to go to the boys like extracurricular Events. activities yep. Yep. that we just finished talking about last week. Yeah. Um you know, if my son were to graduate from high, from middle school, a, high school, stuff like that, yeah, they would absolutely like a come. Big thing, yeah. I, but yeah, the week to week stuff. You know, it is it is a commitment to travel. My in laws don't really like to stay the night other places. Oh, okay. Well, they don't like to stay the night at my house. I don't know <laughs> if they are also against hotels. They do travel. Sure. Um, I don't, I don't know. Who there knows? are things about my in-laws that I don't like fully understand. And I think yeah. a big part of that is goes back to the like what I expect from my family and what I get from my husband's family are different. Yep. And as a result, sometimes I'm like, am I allowed to ask them why they won't stay in my house? I mean, my parents don't stay in my house, but they, yeah, also, but they live also live half an hour exactly, away. Yeah, exactly. But would they... Probably. I mean, honestly, I, yeah. If they had, if they, if they were babysitting at your house and they had to spend the night, I bet they would. Yeah. You know, my parents. Well, my mother would if needed. has. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Once or twice, stayed at my house. If there uh, was a reason for yeah, yeah. whatever occasion mm-hmm. it brought that up. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm in a similar boat in that my my parents are just very they're very much a part of our day to day lives, mm-hmm. and so that is just and and they that's on them as well. Like my father has the expectation that he is going to help us. Right. My mother also has that like they are going to be there. They're this this is kind of their job now. They're retired. You know, they're the only grandkids. They, sure. They're just, they're, that's part of what they do. Um, yeah. And I don't, it's just different with my in-laws. Um, so it, it's a very, there's been some times that, you know, my parents actually get a little bit frustrated because they help us out a lot. Um, even with babysitting and sure. helping yeah. drive the kids places or sports or whatever. Um, and I think that that's, that's just what they expect, but they don't understand either that my in-laws don't necessarily, or don't have that right. drive to, or, or feel, sure. and maybe it's because my parents feel a sense of responsibility to help us. Like I, you know, I don't know. I think yeah. that their parents helped them as well. So maybe that's just what they expect to do. Um, the interesting thing is that my husband's grandparents pretty much raised him. So like mm. her, my mother-in-law's parents, did a significant amount for her and her son, you know, when they, when he was growing up. And so they'll definitely come and help if we ask them to, but they've bailed on us for things like, uh, you know, we, we needed to, um, you know, go, we've, we've canceled weekend plans. We came home early from a, a, yeah, a airplane trip, um, because they, decided something else was more important um so it's definitely an interesting dynamic yeah Um, and i don't get me wrong so my my father-in-law is my husband's stepfather he does have three kids he has another set of grandchildren um and those are by far his priority yeah so and my husband's not his kid officially so Mm. they take priority over us and our kids 
100%. And that's, I guess, a little bit of a sticking point with with me sometimes, which is frustrating. I I understand. Well, and you and I, like I said, our perspectives are kind of unique. Yeah. Yeah. And it's strange to us to have have a different perspective kind of pushed upon us in some Mm -hmm. ways. And I think that my in-laws, my my husband's parents maybe are a little more committed to my husband's sister's kids, but probably just because of geography. Sure. Yeah. They live in the same town. Yeah. It's it's so, different when they're <laughs> you're me. geographically closer yeah. to people. So, so yeah. It's it's very likely mm-hmm. that that's the biggest factor totally. in the in I that situation. That. Yeah. Um I will say that at one point there was a conversation between my my mother-in-law, father-in-law, and my husband's sister, my mm-hmm. sister-in-law. Mm-hmm. Um, once things kind of started to, you know, we're in the bad place. But when mm-hmm. when people started to kind of like reassemble a little bit, sure. when yeah. they were seeing each other, yeah. you know, the real initial beginning there where nobody kind of saw each other at all. Yeah. And then we had summer where we were young and free and we had right. no idea we, what was going to happen. And then we got... And then they locked us in locked our houses again. Yeah. Sort of. And... But, I don't know. But, and there was a time at one point, and perhaps it was when people were starting to get vaccinated. I don't remember exactly mm-hmm. where my sister-in-law was like, oh, well, now that that's happened, you guys can start babysitting the kids again. And my mother-in-law was just kind of like, oh, yeah, we could probably, you know, take them so you guys can have a night out or something mm-hmm. like that. And she was like, no, I want you to do every Sunday. Oh. And then... I believe, and also keep them Sunday night and drop them off at school on Monday. Oh. I'm not sure about that second part, but okay. every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, every Sunday? Wow. And at one point, we had invited my in-laws, or had asked my in-laws to like take the kids for a weekend. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of like, I wonder what's going to happen on the Sunday. Right, exactly. Are they going to be like, we can't, we can't because take we your have kids to watch because we have the to others? be in time for the other kids? Yeah. Like, I was well, very concerned. Yeah. I assume my sister-in-law was very annoyed with us because that's not how it went down. So hmm. she probably had to sacrifice one of her precious one Sundays. Of her precious Sundays. I think that... for us. <laughs> and I think my in-laws have taken my kids. Twice right. in the last year. Exactly. So it's not like it's a regular <laughs> occurrence. Yeah. No, it is not. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. Uh, so let's, uh, you know, let's talk about some other family yes, relationships. Yes, though, yes. Because I could spend a lot Too of time, much time talking about that. Talking yes. about my in-laws. <laughs> Positives, negatives, yeah. undecided. Let's, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. Um, I want to point out that I have, and I'm not sure if you have this, but I have kind of a work family. I will say that in my previous job, uh-huh. which was like a decade ago, okay, I was much closer to the people I worked with. Yeah. So last weekend, we actually, I met for dinner um, people I worked with and their significant others, and there were five or six of us. Okay. And our significant others um, that I still feel very close to. Um, my current job is not like that. Yeah. It's just, it's just not, um, in the role that I'm in and in the, the, we haven't been in the office for two years. Yeah. And, that makes sense. But my previous role, I traveled. We, we spent oh, a lot of time sure. together. So yeah. we were on the road together. So right. one of my 
one of my best friends, Marilyn, I worked with at my old job. And that's how we met. We both were two women that started in public accounting together. So we were the minorities of the group. And so we wound up spending a lot of time together and we traveled together extensively and we just got very close. But the other, the guys that worked with us too, like the people that kind of were started or were working on projects at the same time, like we all got very close. Right. Um, And that group I would say was definitely more felt like family and even still, Um, you know, definitely feels like people that I could depend on and that when we do get together, like, it's like, it's like no time has passed, you know, it's that type of people. And again, we haven't worked together in 15 years, but I still feel like that connection to them. Um, so I, I did have that. I don't have that now at all. Yeah. (laughs) So I... Obviously, my brother and I kind of run my father's business. Mm-hmm. I've talked about that repeatedly. <laughs> and so I would classify, classify myself as the boss or an employer rather than necessarily qualifying people as my co-workers sure, per sure, se. Sure. Yep. But I will say that I feel like most of the people that work there are very close mm-hmm. and do have a relationship with their co-workers, including myself and my brother. Yeah. Um, maybe more so me because I interact with the employees a little mm. bit more than my brother does for a lot of reasons. Sure, sure. Um, Just your role, yeah. Yes, but mostly it's because it's my role to kind of keep production moving, which yeah. means interacting with everybody yep. else who totally. works there. Totally, makes sense. Uh, but I do feel like like we have a coworker who recently was like, well, whenever I really need to talk to somebody, I talk to you. Mm. And I was kind of like, oh. Yeah. I that, feel the that's same way. Nice. Yeah. I have come into work and been like, this is what happened. Or this is, oh, man, I got a call from the school because yeah. my son did this. Or, oh, I just got this email. Or, oh, this. Sure. This you know, is I talk about my, my life that doesn't actually kids. relate to work. I talk about yeah. my husband. I talk about my family. I talk about yeah, whatever's what's going, going on, on in, in my life. life. Yep, exactly. Uh, we've gone out for drinks mm-hmm. before. Uh, we've spent time together outside of work uh, myself a little bit most of the employees at work mm-hmm. are pretty connected to each other okay. as well i will consider our office a kind of a family yeah. uh situation because everybody's pretty close yeah um you know i've asked employees if they wanted to make a few extra bucks and help me move furniture over the weekend yeah. which i know isn't really like a family thing to do but it's still not a typical employer employee like situation and yeah. i've done it because i would rather give the guy who works at my job 20 bucks an hour to move furniture or whatever right, then pay some stranger than to do it pay yeah, a stranger for sure. to do it because yeah. i know the guy who works with me is going to come Probably when it's convenient for me. Right. Um, He's going to be more reliable, And I already know him, and I trust him, and I'm not worried about my stuff or anything like that. No, that totally makes sense. I mean, yeah, um, this popped into my head. But so I will say that my current job, like, I don't even have any friends at my current job. Like, we're just not, it's just, that's not the environment that we have, really. Now, on the complete flip side, my husband's job is very much a family. Sure. Like, all of them. I mean, it's like, we've had bad things happen to a number of people, um, you know, on his department, and you really do see people act like a family. Like, literally, 
whatever we need, like whatever any anyone, if anything happened to my husband, I know his whole department. I could call any of them and they would be here. Like yeah. no questions asked. And that's just the way they, they yeah. all are. And I think that's part of just being in the fire service. But I will say that even as big as their department is, it still very much feels like it's a small family department. Yeah. Like most people know everybody. Like we've when he first started, like we would go to people's birth kids birthdays parties and like sure. we would know everybody's family and like you know i'll see some of the their kids now that are in like high school and i'll be like oh my gosh like like a family sure, oh you know yeah. you've gotten so big how are you blah blah, blah. and like it's that's a comp- complete 180 from what my job is but i still feel that connection to his co-workers because we really are like a family um and in good or bad bad i feel bad times i feel like you realize more who you're close to unfortunately but mm-hmm. um yeah. but definitely we have that connection to that group of people even yeah. if i don't at my job we do at his job yeah so well and it's funny because on the flip side my husband doesn't really feel connected to anybody at work and every once in a while i'm kind of like maybe you should hang out with someone from work because <laughs> yeah. you know i mean you work in a very professional environment yeah, yeah. and it's very and different yeah. like you said you weren't in the office for a while as well yep. so it's a yet another factor that mm-hmm. would prevent you from getting close to anybody yes. at work my husband does work in a much more social environment. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, he does sales. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's totally different. Yeah, and you would you would kind of think that that would um, yeah motivate him to make friends. <laughs> Be more social. Nope. <laughs> no, I mean, there are one or two people over the course of his work life. Um, mm-hmm. At Binnie's, that I would definitely say he would be very willing and interested in spending time with outside of work. Sure. We had one person that was actually work for a distribution company mm-hmm. that we went to his engagement party. Oh, okay. Uh, and it was great, and everybody was really nice. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I didn't know anybody, anybody. <laughs> at all. All we knew was the groom. Right. We didn't even know <laughs> oh, the, the bride. Uh, yeah, I never, obviously, I'd never yeah, met her. Right, right. But be you know with the beyond a couple of exceptions he just I think in some ways it's attitude that this is his work environment yeah. and I think he views his and maybe you feel that way too that yeah. this is your job yeah and I'm there to work yeah I'm everyone's there for the bottom line I mean you're there to make money and be yeah. productive and move forward mm-hmm. and. That's what it's about. And similar to him and me, you're a little different based on, you know, just the, I work the for company my family, work for. I know. I'm, but, it's weird. but we are both bosses in yes. our roles. Yes. So it's a little bit less appropriate to like socialize with our employees well, as well. And it it has is, certainly, yeah. for my husband, I can, mm-hmm. I can say, has certainly, that has cert- made a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That when he started out and he was more of a lower level employee, yep. He would socialize and, and, you know, we had, we did occasionally have people over Mm -hmm. that were from his job. Our babysitter is somebody who worked at a store that he also worked at. And at the time they were relatively the same level at the company. Mm -hmm. And so it really wasn't, you know, whereas if he was in his current position, asking this person to be our babysitter might've been awkward because Mm -hmm. maybe she would have felt like she She had had to say yes. Exactly. Because he's her boss. Yeah. 
So it's a little different now. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah. I, it's an interesting point because I think about that a lot as sort as a boss, yeah. which I certainly am. I mean, my father owns this business. Yeah. I run this yeah. business. There are a lot of occasions where when I'm in a social situation and somebody asks me what I do for a living, I say I own a sign company. Yeah. I don't go through the specifics and say, well, no. my father owns this business, but, my brother and I run it, blah, blah, blah. But this person wanted a one-word answer. Yeah, exactly. This is your little elevator speech. I just speech. give the short yep, version. Exactly, yeah. Uh, my children have corrected me, by the way. <laughs> you don't own that business. Papa owns that business. <laughs> yeah. Shh. Thank you. Great. I think kids. Thanks, guys. Thanks. You guys yeah. are the best. Enjoy this roof over your head. But whatever. <laughs> yeah. But, anyway though yeah but, but that's that is an interesting um group yeah, yeah that, but it is i mean like i feel like i'm sorry to interrupt you no, but i feel good. like at my job the possibility of creating kind of an awkward situation does exist because i am yeah. their boss mm-hmm. but i also think that for the most part the family relationship that we have at work kind of just is in the at work time the way that we interact with each other okay. is a little bit more casual yeah yeah i would that, that would be a lot you know that mm-hmm. it's okay for an employee to talk to me about well i'm thinking about buying this house but here's all the factors that i'm considering and you know this person also knows that i used to have a real estate license so mm-hmm. they're kind of like what do you think about yeah. this or yeah. is this a good idea or what kind of financing mm-hmm. and i can talk about that you know not as his boss, not as his boss, but just as but yeah, like, hey, sure. this is what I happened to me, and yeah. blah blah blah, you know. Yeah. And- yeah, it's a different situation too, and you are more casual at work than I and my company yes. is in general. Yes, so that's I'm a little bit different. But I will say, even in my old job, I was closer with my bosses than i am in my current job sure so it it depends on the environment and how comfortable you are with people yeah you know and and all of that so yeah not now but in my lifetime i've had a definitely (laughs) familial uh feeling about the people that i work with. sure well and i do wonder about my husband should the day come where he starts working for corporate Mm mm-hmm will that yeah. situation change where everyone is at a very similar level? Yes, that makes a difference, When too, you yeah. enter the this company's corporate level, it, it appears to me mm-hmm. that there's really kind of only two levels. There's, like, basically the top guys. And then everybody else. And then there's else. just everybody yeah. else. Yeah, fair. And so <laughs> I feel like once you kind of enter that realm... You're pretty close to on par with the rest You're even with yeah. most people yeah. you interact with. And that as a result, yep. do you get close to them do you socialize with them do you guys grab dinner yeah. together after work what do you do like i don't really know i'm yeah. very interested see what happens all right <laughs> i and you know factoring in my husband's level of willingness to socialize yeah that's also a factor there which is so. <laughs> also a factor you guys yeah yeah because he's borderline at times interested in socializing <laughs> Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. Okay. So we've got actual family, work family, work family, marriage family. Oh yes. Yeah. Let's talk about friend family. Yeah. The one you guys probably are waiting for us. Right. You probably thought this whole episode was going to be about how we have all these people we are close to because we chose to be close to them. That is true. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's an interesting dynamic. You know, I thought back as I was thinking about this, like people that I thought were like family when I was younger. And my husband and I were briefly chatting about this. And, um, 
you know, he was saying like some people say they're like family, but when it really comes to test them, you realize who actually means it and who's just giving lip service. Yeah. And so there's definitely a handful of people over my 40 years that I thought for a period were closer to and in the end really wasn't. And I think that as you get older, you kind of learn to judge people better. Um, and it's just interesting. I definitely feel like I have a number of people in my life now that are like family, friends that are like family and vastly different groups. Too. yeah like absolutely very like, i find yeah. it i mentioned this when i had my little birthday gathering mm-hmm. that sometimes i feel a little weird putting all my friends together yeah they're so because they just come from different universes yes. for me yeah totally <laughs> and that is that's interesting and i don't know if it's common or not because i've been in situations where i've been invited to things and i'm like the only one who doesn't know everyone and clearly these people are all family friends sure, you know sure. or something because they all know each other right and i'm like the outcast and then i'm around other people like your birthday or even like the bachelorette party that i'm planning for my friend that they're people from all different walks yeah. of their life and yeah. it's not all one group so i don't know what's the most common but for me it's definitely different people from all different parts of my life yes so i would say the same i would I, the the people that i'm the closest to do just come from a variety of places mm-hmm. uh and you know i think that like for example let's use college mm-hmm. so i think that because we both have Friends from college yeah. that we're very close to, yeah. but all our friends are not friends from college. No. And we're not even closest with the same people necessarily. Yeah. Like Illy, we're both close with. Yes. But like uh, Robin, I think I'm closer to than you are. I don't know. But I we do talk regularly and I, you know, we visit like I've been yes. out to L.A. Yes. Um, we went all went to college together, but we just had different, you know, people that we attached to. Well, in. The people that I was closest to in college mm-hmm. aren't necessarily the people I'm closest right? to now. Yes, that's there's a totally little bit, true. There's a little bit of that. Yes, my friend Rachel, yeah. who we've had on the podcast, yeah. is someone that I was close to in college mm-hmm. once I met her. Yes. And have remained pretty consistently close yeah. to all of this time. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and then on the other hand, there are people that, like, you and I, when we when we finished college and you stayed for a year mm-hmm. and I went on to law school, had a period where we weren't really that close. Yeah. And I, I had no idea what was going to sure. result. And, yeah. uh, and we reconnected and yeah. I'm super glad we did. Yeah. But you know, yeah. I was close to you in high school mm-hmm. and we agreed to be roommates in college yeah. and we had a very positive experience together as college roommates yeah. And it just sort of like all of the factors added up for us to stay very close. Mm-hmm. But instead, we had, we had a period paths, yeah. where we weren't yeah. that close. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't remember really talking to you a whole lot when I was in law school. Yeah, not in grad school either. Yeah. yeah. and I, grad, just, I don't know how many people I really talked to that much in grad school. Well, I, I will say the same. My friends when I was in law school were people in law school. Yeah, fair. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, no, you're totally right. We went different directions, and we didn't talk for yeah. a period. And yeah. and it's funny, like I said, because we were very close, and mm-hmm. we had been very close for a very long time, and mm-hmm. you just really never know yeah. what relationships are going to go what 
direction. I, yes, and completely agree. I will yet again, I mean, let's, you know, then there's the time post-college where we have friends who they went into careers or mm-hmm. they started families or whatever it is that they did. And the way that they have handled their time mm-hmm. has really not allowed you to stay close to them. That's I've totally had, true. I've had that exact situation. I've had yeah. plenty of friends mm-hmm. that you would think you would be able to stay connected to because you were so close at some other period. Yeah. And yeah, you know, we had kids or yeah, we got married or yeah, but, but you still live 15 minutes away from me. Mm -hmm. So maybe we should be able to get together once in a while. And for one reason or another, that doesn't happen. And I think that for me, when it comes to my friend family, Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to have to fight too hard. I don't want to fight it, okay? It's yeah. just got to be a little organic. It's got to I think it has feel to be naturally organic because yeah. especially with how we've, you know, we've talked last week about extracurriculars. We've talked about how much, you know, things we do on a regular basis. Like we have such busy lives with our families, with our kids, with our husbands. I mean, like we don't even get that much time to socialize. So, you know, it can't be a job to stay connected with it's gotta be kind of easy at this point in our lives it it has to be someone who's understanding and like i don't talk to like i don't talk to iliana as much as i should like i need to call her illy i'll call you soon i'm sorry actually i'm talking (laughs) to you tomorrow never mind um but like literally (laughs) we have to schedule a call to be like i'm gonna talk to you on monday night at 7 30 i should do that with illy because because we're really otherwise we don't inconsistent and i think it's that we catch each other at big because there are many times where she, I call her and she doesn't answer. Yeah. Or she'll and call me and she's versa. on her way home or whatever. And yeah, and uh, if we were a little bit more uh, of a planner. Yeah. And don't <laughs> get me wrong, to her this more. doesn't happen enough, but also I don't think either of us are offended if we're like, we haven't talked in a month. Like, yes. it happens and it's it's okay. Like, I still love you and we'll be fine, but I can't, I can't be that close with anyone at this point that is like, I haven't talked to you in a week. Are you okay? Are we still friends? Like, I couldn't handle that because I just can't do that. Yeah. Like, Uh, on both sides of that conversation. I don't, I'm not going to be that person that's like, why haven't you called me in a week? No. And I'm also not going to be that person that's like, I keep calling you and you're not answering and it's been a week. Right. Yeah. I can't be on either side. Six months goes by and I've tried to call you. Then I'm going to be like, dude. Yeah. Are we for. Am I wasting my time? Just be straight with me. And honestly, I'm comfortable saying those words to people at this point. If I felt that way, I would just be like, you know what? I'm just going to back off. Yeah. And we'll see how this thing plays out. Yeah. And that's fine, in my opinion. But I do think that the, the relationships. The friendships that I truly feel are like family are the ones that I haven't had to force. Yes. And that have either grown organically or reconnected organically or whatever, but I don't have to force that friendship to be there. And that's the, those are the ones that stick yeah. to me. So yeah. yeah. I think it's it's got to feel natural. Yeah. It's got to feel simple. Yeah, I, straightforward. I, I agree. And don't get me wrong. I'm not going to like, I'm not being like, I'm never going to call you. But like, you know, I might not have time for a few weeks. Like it's not, it's not that you never have to put in any effort, but you can't feel like it's work. You yeah. Need to, and it doesn't yeah. necessarily have to be people that are in the same phase of life as you. I mean, I no. have plenty of friends yeah. who are married, but don't have children yeah. who are 
not married yeah. or have kids who are much younger than my children. Also, all of those. And yeah. those are all different phases of life. Yep. I know this because mm-hmm. I've been in all of those phases already. Yeah, exactly. And I remember what they're like. Yeah. And I remember how you managed your time and how you handled your friends and what you yeah. spent your free time doing and how yeah. your life Every, went. Everyone's life is busy in its own way. And that yeah. might look different to different people people in different phases but yeah you know i am very thankful for the friends i do have that are like family because there's that everyone serves a purpose in your life you know what i mean like absolutely whether you can think of the person you would call if a certain thing happened right like i'm gonna call so and so she's totally gonna get it and it's different depending on what that is but you have all these people that fulfill a piece of your your needs in your life and those are the things that do grow organically is i need someone that's this to me I need someone that's this. And you wind up filling those with all different people, which is probably why our friends are from all different walks of life. Yep. Because they all serve a very different purpose. But I definitely feel like those people, the ones we choose, are just as valuable and just as important as the ones we don't choose. Absolutely. If not more so in some cases. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm going to message you when my kids do something to upset me. Yeah. No, totally. I can complain about my children to Lauren, and that is really important. Oh, seriously. But if I complain about my kids to my mom... She will just say, they are sweet baby yes, angels. Exactly. What do you, you have to complain about? Right. They are and wonderful like, why and did perfect. I even bother? <laughs> and I'm yeah. just like, okay, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's not what... That's if not I were to say <laughs> that my 10-year-old isn't the best soccer player on his team, my mother would be like, <laughs> no, disagree. he is wonderful. <laughs> yeah. I, he is wonderful, yeah. mom, just not at soccer. Yes, exactly. He's not the best at soccer. Right. But again, everybody serves, <laughs> everybody has their role yes. in, in our lives. And it's, uh, I do feel like as I've gotten older that people have become more of a stable position. Like, you know, when we were a little bit younger or just out of college or just having kids or whatever, just like kind of settling into our lives. Yeah. I feel like I did go through a variety of friendships that didn't really stick. Well, um, and I worry much less about that with my current arsenal of friends. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like now I feel like I really have a stable group of friends that probably will will remain unless I add to it depending on jobs or different things or obviously like as my kids get friends that, you know, we like their parents and whatnot. But generally speaking, everybody that's in my life now, I pretty much expect to stay in my life. Yeah. So and yeah. I don't feel like that's unreasonable at all that's good because as a person who consistently puts her foot in her mouth (laughs) it's good to know that some of my friends may have also moved into this phase that you are in of being a little bit forgiving (laughs) i i I think i think we all have to be a little forgiving i just sometimes words come out and i'm just like oh no No, that's not that's time to hit the rewind button that's not what it should have sounded like nope 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 this is conveying the wrong message (laughs) and as somebody who is like that and and it's funny because like because I have this relationship with my immediate family, mm-hmm. I understand that there are moments where you say something mm. that comes out a certain way and that these people allow you to either explain yourself or yes. correct the they situation. They give you a little grace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I do feel that way about my friends mm-hmm. and my friend family, that there are yes. moments where I'm like, you know, I'm coming off as judgmental about this, 
but Mm -hmm. or whatever the case may be sure yeah. And where rather than this person just being like, wow, I had no idea that she <laughs> was so close minded. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Oftentimes I, I'm I also say things that aren't uh, that are could be conveyed in the wrong light. Like yes. maybe that's if, why if we there's get along, two so. different like ways you could take one thing. Sometimes it sounds like the wrong one. So, but I think everybody has their moments. It's, it's kind of interesting. Like I do have a core group of people that I truly do feel like they're my friend family. And then it's weird when like other people kind of come in. Cause then I'm like, you know, I have to evaluate like where, where do you fit in my life? Yeah. Like, and so right now there's a handful of people that are just completely social that I don't actually think that I'll ever get that close to. But then there's once in a while someone new who I'm like, oh, I could really connect with you. And as I get older, I feel like there's less and less of that because I do have kind of a stable like group of friends. Yeah. And it's just interesting. Like it is my, interesting. Our, my friendships now as I get older are much different than they were 10 years yeah. ago. Yeah. I try not to close myself off, though. Yeah. You never know when you might find a new you best friend. You never know. I mean, you <laughs> never know who, yeah, exactly, who's going to come into your life that um, you never knew you needed. You yeah. Know, for and I, some reason. You never realize what connections you need with people until those connections happen. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, let's, let's finish up with... Let's, uh, let's drink this uh, Doppelbach Dunkel. All right. Shall we? Mm-hmm. Mm. Ooh, this is what they brew year round. So this is always available. I mean, it might not always be available here, but it is always available in Munich. <laughs> so it smells so good, you guys. It's like a it's like a wonderful loaf of bread. Ooh, yeah, right. This is mm. what when people say that mm. beer has like a bready. This smell, would be it. This is this a perfect example. Is of that. what they're talking about, right? Yeah, this is a perfect example of that. And again, the ingredients are are water, barley, malt, and hops. So, you know, that's yeah. uh, just, just the basics. But yeah, no, this uh, this does yeah. have that aroma. As I put my nose in my glass, this does know, have I that aroma. I smelled it very <laughs> intensely. <laughs> it's super, yeah. I, I do, again, we've talked about this. I really enjoy the smell ju- almost just as much as the taste of, of some of these. So Totally. Mm. Oh, well, we're going right. to finish this off, guys, and we're going to thank you for joining us tonight on yes. our family talk. On our family uh, international adventures. Yep. So, all right. Cheers. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the latest musings from Parenting by the Pint. Be sure to find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you find your podcasts. Have a great week, and cheers to you all. Cheers.